LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. This is the Ron Edmondson Leadership Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Ron Edmondson Leadership Podcast hosted by LifeWay. Ron's mission is to help church leaders become better leaders. I'm your host, Chandler Vinoy, and Ron, in this episode, we're talking about some key steps to take before attempting major change. So set this up for us, Ron. Well, before you can really attempt major changes, and I'm talking about um, things such as changing your service times, that's a major change for most churches, or the style of music that you play, or, uh, or moving the organ from one side of the stage to the other. Uh, that's a somewhat of a joke, but it is a major change in some churches. But making major change, you, you, there are certain things that you just need to have in place before you do. And if you don't have them, you're not going to be as successful. So, um, you know, there's seven of these, uh, but seven steps prior to, to initiating major change. All right. So let's hop in. What's number one? Number one is establish your trust authority. You You shouldn't attempt to make major change if you don't have if you have not developed yet enough trust to get through that they've got to trust that you're going to lead them well through that process and that is not automatically handed to a leader trust takes time to develop uh it after a big change then you have to redevelop trust again sometimes just make sure they trust you enough to be the one to lead them through this change hmm. and just just quickly that, like you said, that takes time. Like, yes. how long should you wait on that? Because there's a tension there where you want to wait till you have all of those leadership coins in your pocket, but there is a little bit element of risk. When do you kind of know, okay, this might be a good time to go? Like we've established enough trust um, to be able to take these first steps of change. Well, I'm trying to assess the risk. What's the risk of waiting and what's the risk of moving forward? And there's all, there is going to be that tension. You're always going to have a risk for taking the, the chance. But at the same time, if you don't take the chance, you may not. It'll jeopardize other things. So do I have enough trust? It'll never be 100% trust. And there'll be, you'll never be able to eliminate the risk 100%. So I want to try to balance the two. And, and uh, okay, we're going to take a risk. But I think I've got enough trust with the level of risk we're taking. And it, it's, there's not an exact science in that. Uh, a lot of times, I think you'll, you'll just know, but, um, but you definitely want to ask those questions. Yeah. And, and ask other people to see if, if uh, do you think the church trusts me enough or the, the organization trusts me enough to see this one through? What about number two? Personal confidence and, and conviction. You've got to be assured of yourself that um, uh, this is something you, you're ready to lead and you're ready to do the hard work. You're ready to, to see it through. Um, would you be willing to fight the naysayers on this one when they come because they're, they're going to? Are you willing to even lose, spend a little of your trust capital in order to do this? So just check your, your personal conviction about the, the change before you do so. What about number three? Make sure leadership is in place. You got to make sure the people that are going to do the work are in place, whether that's new staff or volunteers, 
one of the worst things a senior leader can do is introduce a bunch of change and there's nobody to carry it out. And people mm-hmm. can only do so much. So you may have to help them take some things off their plate so that they're able to do whatever this is. But make sure the leadership is in place first. On that question, I think sometimes when it comes to change, hearing leadership, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking roles and maybe a new position. And sometimes you can help build that change out by bring, maybe establishing a new role or bringing in somebody who's an outside perspective. So you're saying make sure there's <laughs> there's people to carry this out, but also how would you say make sure it's maybe the right person? How do you kind of, is there a time where you're like, hey, this is a time where I'm going to bring in somebody who um, has a fresh perspective in this area. We're trying to make some change maybe in our worship, maybe in our kids. So how do you kind of say, okay, not only is the leadership in place, how are you assessing the right leadership or if change needs to take place even in the staffing? Well, and I think that goes back to when you're checking your heart, check the heart of the people you're entrusting to. So how, how bought in are they to this? Um, you, you know, you're asking uh, the question of trust, that's part of that. Does, does this team trust me enough that this is the right change? So let's say you're changing worship styles, which is a huge major change in most churches. And you've got a worship pastor who doesn't really believe in where you're going. Well, that's going to be hard for them to carry it out because they're not even on the same page with you. So you're going to have to n- not only check your heart, but check the heart of the people you're entrusting to lead. Um, that's good. What about number four? Consider using a focus group. This is one of my favorite things to do. It kind of answers the question you had, uh, you just had too. A focus group is a certain group of people who you know. This is handpicked. These are people that you you trust that you know trust you. And uh, I always tell them as a leader, look, I've got to make a decision here, and it's ultimately it it is my decision. But I just want some input from people I trust. And so I throw the issue out to them, the change. Here's what we're talking about. What do you think? And then let them talk through the holes that I'm not seeing. The people, to go back to your, uh, do we have the people in place for this? Just check me on this to make sure I'm not doing something stupid. Do you, as, as you're saying, you're kind of presenting the idea to them. Do you also use them as a sounding board? as your, hey, you know, feedback, because I see that as if they feel like they've spoken into it as well, they're going to be hopefully advocates for it too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they will help carry it through. And that uh, when we changed worship styles where I'm at now, and this has been 10 years ago, um, 10 or uh, nine or 10 years ago, when we changed worship styles, it was a major change, took one year to do so. But I use this focus group and some of them were people who weren't initially on board with it, but they came on board with it as they learned more and prayed about it. And they became advocates for the change, even though at first they, it wasn't necessarily what they wanted. Mm. They believed in me. They believed in the church enough that they became advocates for it. Yeah, that's a that's a great understanding of how to maybe get it's not just your idea and you can also they can help shape it. And you also have to be willing to say, okay, like I'm going to actually listen. That's, yeah, that's, that's great. Right. What about number five? Consider a stakeholder analysis and uh, probably used that term before, but that's just to who are the most interested and influential people in the organization, in the church 
and you want to attempt to reach them first and and um, they may be on your focus group uh, if they trust you also and, and meet those other criteria. But if they're not, you probably want to onboard some of them, at least have coffee with them, express it to them, you know, let, let them understand it, answer any questions they have so that they're not roadblocks when you go to implement. What about number six? Make sure major questions are answered. And this is one I think we miss sometimes, but uh, one of the things we love to do is just put together a frequently asked questions and then put the answers to them. And we just imagine what people might, what questions they might have. That's another thing the focus group can help you with. We don't always put them out. Like it's not, we post them on the website. Somebody may never ask it, but if they do ask it, we're ready with an answer. So think through the, ob- the objections and the questions that people are naturally going to have and already have your answer for those. Yeah. As you say that, I, it helps those who do have those questions go, oh, they've already thought of this. Or even if somebody doesn't have a question, they see those and go, you know, they've really thought about this in a 360 view. But it also allows, if somebody asks, hopefully, everyone who's in that focus group or you've shared that with is singing from the same playbook. <laughs> so, you know, you're that's not right. crossing wires as well. That's, that's good. What about number seven? Number seven is to plan a timetable for implementation. That makes sense. Uh, you would naturally think you would, but I've noticed so many people go into it and they just expect, okay, we've cast vision for this. We've laid out the plan and then it's just going to fall into place. It's not how it works. Part of the leadership is, is implementing it in steps and making sure, uh, you know, um, everything is timed out and you know who's talking to whom and when are they doing so and when are we making this change. And that's the complicated part of, of implementing change. But have the timetable before you start implementing the change. And I'm, this is one of the le- weaker spots for me. And so usually I'll surround myself with people that are better at putting a checklist together and, and implementing it out. Um, we're going through a pretty major change right now. And I know you know Kevin Spratt, who used to be at, at Lifeway, and, and he's great at this. And so he's actually helped me kind of plot this out in a timetable of here's the major steps, and these are the groups we're going to talk to, and these, this is what we're doing. And, and um, as soon as we quit recording this, I'm going to get to his action plan and start working on it because he's given me instructions. <laughs> what's, what's next? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's right. Well, if you are looking maybe to, you know, lead change in your organization, we do hope that these seven steps are helpful to you. And thanks for listening. If you're enjoying these episodes, please help us maybe get the word out by liking, sharing, reviewing, subscribing. It helps other leaders like yourself find the podcast and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Ron Edmondson Leadership Podcast. For more information about Ron, check out ronedmondson.com. For more leadership resources from Lifeway, check out leadership.lifeway.com.